himself strong in the lives of people. He has always done so through those who will give themselves fully and completely to him. Before giving the Ten Commandments, Moses commanded the people to consecrate themselves. Standing on the edge of the Jordan River, Joshua told the people to consecrate themselves fully to God, for he would do wonders among them. Jesus calls us to love him, not with part, but with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Nothing held back, nothing separated, not 10%, not 90%, 100%. All for his use, all for his name, all for his will, and all for his glory. To those who do, he will show himself strong with unmistakable, at work among us. He's freeing the captives. That's what Jesus said he'd come to do. He's still doing it today. Amen? You know, all of us as believers, we want to see God move in our lives. Amen? We want to see fresh things happen. We don't want to rely on yesterday's manna. We want fresh manna today. We want to see God do new things. We want to see God do the fresh thing in our life. So we have new direction and new purpose and new joy and new passion for what he has called us to. Nobody wants to live in the past, but that is often where many believers find themselves. They're living today off of an experience they had with Christ sometime way in the past. And that moment was meant for that day. And they find themselves dry today because they're trying to live off of a a food from another decade. Amen? Uh, An experience from another time. So, how do you get to that place? How do you live so that you walk in the freedom and the reality and the purpose and the presence of God today, right now, so that it's fresh, so that you say, I know exactly where he's leading. I'm on the front edge of what he's called me to do because we want to see God move. We want to see restoration. We want to see reconciliation. We want to see provision come. We want to see heaven open. We want to see all of those things happen. But here's the deal. God can do that however he wants. Amen? He's powerful enough. He's big enough. He sees all. He knows all. He can choose to do all of that however he wants because he wants that more than you do. But here's the deal. God has chosen a very specific way that that happens in our lives. And he is looking for those who will have a heart that is fully and completely surrendered to him. Say, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. No objections, no debate, no wrestling, no resistance. I am 100% surrendering my will for you to be Lord of the absolute all of my life. The scripture says to those who will do that, God will show himself faithful. The Old Testament says that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for those whose heart is fully yielded to him because in them he 
he will show himself faithful. I am grateful for what God is doing here at Vertical because he's calling us to that level of surrender and obedience. Amen? And as we walk in that, he is doing mighty things. Marriages are being restored here. They're here in this room. Lives are being redeemed. Emotional health and mental health is being restored because he is alive and active in the hearts of his people. Amen? I'm going to make a quick adjustment here. Hunter's going to help me so that it doesn't go. You want to make that sound one more time? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. <sighs> Much better. All right. Very nice. Very good. So, yeah, big hand for Hunter. Um, so, in every generation, for those who will choose to obey, to choose to say, Lord, I will take the step, no matter how uncomfortable or risky it is. You want to talk about risky? It's always been a risk to be a believer. But in this day and time, to step out and say what you believe is risky. It could cost you your status on social media. What a risk, you know? It could cost you some friends. You could be canceled. You could even lose your job. It's a risky day in which we live. It could even cost you relationships within your family. But here's the deal. Stepping out to choose to follow Jesus is never a risk when it comes to heaven because he will always keep his promises and he will protect and provide and bless everyone who chooses to walk in obedient faith to him. You might lose some stuff here temporarily, but you'll gain the treasures of heaven by taking the step. Let me just remind us of some truth from Scripture that affirms this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who's in heaven. Exodus 19, God said, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Those promises were made to Israel and those promises are fulfilled to us in Jesus today as the church. He's looking for us to be his special people. John 14, Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Those are all promises that are based on you and I doing something. Taking a step of obedient surrender to him. God, whatever it is, I will do it. No resistance, no debate, no discussion. 
No trying to work my way around it, figure out another way to it, but in full obedience. Our message today, take a stand before you take a step. Our passage today is from Joshua 24. Turn to the Old Testament, the book of Joshua. Have our uh, Bible reading on screen today. If you want to take a picture of this or look in the app or on social media this week, you can follow along in these passages that fit the message today. And you can answer the question at the bottom of the screen, what does God promise to those who will stand in full faith and surrender? You'll find that as you read these passages this week. Joshua 24, verse 1 and 2 is where we start today. Um, in this passage, Joshua is coming to the end of his life. And Joshua is the man who followed Moses as leader. And Joshua, at this point, has been a faithful leader who has led the people of God into the promised land. And he's led them into many a battle. And the people of God have experienced some times where they went in with full obedience and God blessed. They've also experienced some times they went in with half-hearted obedience and they suffered loss as a result of it. And so we get to the end of Joshua, Joshua's life. He stands before the people to make a final address. The leader of God's people for many, many years. The one that they've looked to as their military commander. He stands before the people to give one final word. Because although they are in the land of promise, there are still some things in the land that need to be removed from the land. Amen? You know that's where all of us are, right? We have entered into Christ, and there's things in our life that God is saying, okay, now this needs to go, and this needs to go. I know this was a part of you. I know this is a way you thought. I know this is what you did. I know these were some ties that you had over here, but I have more for you. I have a lot more for you. It's already been purchased for you. It's already been chosen for you. It's already yours. But to get to experience the fullness of it, you're going to have to remove some things from your life and let me be Lord of the all. Amen? So Joshua 24, verse 1, we begin today. It says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, now if I was reading the rest of the chapter, you would hear Joshua go into kind of a replay of history. And he would walk the people through how God has been faithful, how God had been good to them, how God had delivered them, how God had protected them, and how God had led them even in times where they had been resistant. He was still their God. And he had let them experience some loss along the way because they wouldn't be obedient. And he had poured out some blessings along the way because they had chosen to be obedient. So I want us to skip down to verse 13 where we pick up in the story because Joshua is going to now kind of start wrapping up what he has to say. Verse 13. God says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them, you eat of the vineyards and of olive groves which you did not plant. Joshua is telling this generation at the time, he's saying, you are getting to experience some things today. You are walking in blessings today that were provided for you by others. You have been given much. 
You weren't the ones who had to pray for them, work for them, fight for them, struggle for them. They've just been given to you. And when people grow up having already been given much, it's easy for them to stand in a place of entitlement. That's where we are as a nation today, right? Much has been given. Much is ours. But we are far removed from the fight and the struggle and the war that got us to this place. So we tend to think this is the way it's always been. We tend to think, give me more. We tend to think, how come I don't get what I want to get? Because the latest generation doesn't know what it was like in those early days. Amen? And I know everybody in the, in the room that's over 50 and 60 is saying, amen. Right? It's true. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting cycle. Because as parents, we want to provide the best for our children. Right? And so we work hard and we want them to have, we don't want them to struggle where we struggled. We want them to grow up and experience maybe some things that we didn't have to experience. And so we give it all to them as an act of grace. But every generation has to know the fight to have what you have. If not, they struggle with entitlement and gimme hands. Amen? And so... Joshua is telling this generation, I just want to be clear with everybody, <laughs> you're dwelling in a land that you didn't build. You're eating from fruit that you didn't plant. You're enjoying a life that has been given to you by a previous generation and by a God who's been good to you. And what should that produce in every generation when that happens? Gratefulness. It should, we should be thankful for it. We should be humbled and say, God, thank you. Parents, grandparents, thank you for what you've done. That's what ought to be the response, and Joshua reminds the people of that. We should never let ingratitude rob us from what God has called us to, but it will. The minute you forget and don't acknowledge what has been given to you, you end up living selfish, self-absorbed lives. When you don't recognize that salvation was purchased at a cost for you, you will live a selfish life. When you don't recognize what your parents and grandparents and great-grandparents have done to provide for you, you will live a selfish life. Amen? It's true here in this church. Look, we arrived on the scene here some seven and a half years ago, and this work was all done. God had worked in previous generations all the way back to the 1800s here in this community. We stand on the shoulders of many who have gone before us, who have prayed and worked and sacrificed and given to, for there to be a church of Jesus right here on this property. And we're grateful for that. It's an honor to me that Miss Carol Edwards is a member of our church, whose husband was the pastor here in the 90s who built the majority of what you see around here. Wow, we have been given much, and it didn't come from our hands. It came from others. But Joshua goes on and he says, now, as a result of all of that, knowing that, verse 14, he says, now therefore, fear the Lord, Serve him 
in sincerity and in truth. It ought to be that when you look around and you realize, oh God, you have done so much. You have provided. You have blessed. You have made a way for my sins to be forgiven. You have made a way for the guilt to be removed. You have made a way for me to have peace with you. You have done all of that. What that ought to produce in us It's such a humble response of saying, God, I don't deserve any of this. I'm just grateful to be here. It should never cause us to look around and say, well, I don't know about all this God stuff and all. I don't want to obey all that. Who are you to think you arrived on this scene and created all that you have today? I'm sorry, it didn't come from you. It came from those before you and it came from a God who made you. Amen? Joshua says, look here, I've walked enough to know, I've seen enough to know that the right response is to fear God and serve him with absolute sincerity, with full transparency, with full honesty that says, you are the Lord and I will do nothing apart from what you have called me to. Now, With that, he goes on in verse 14, he says, and do this, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Mm. Recognize the good that was provided, but make sure you put away the evil that was present. You don't have to walk in the sins of your parents and grandparents. Jesus has come to break the chain. I don't care if your father and your grandfather and three generations back were all alcoholics. The power of Jesus can break that in you so that you don't have to walk in that. Amen? I don't care if they all struggle with anxiety and depression. You don't have to walk in that. You have been given the possibility of having faith in Jesus for yourself and breaking those ties and generational patterns in your life. This is what God calls us to. See what's been given to you and be grateful. See what has come down the pipe to you that isn't meant for you and walk away from that. Turn away from that. Give full allegiance to Jesus alone and break those patterns. Turn from those gods. Turn from the things that produce pain in them and produce only pain in you. You make a decision. You choose for yourself. You are not them. You are new in Jesus. Now you might need to say that to yourself and to your family a lot. Amen? We do. And I'll tell you this. Heather and I tell our kids that. We want you to experience all the goodness that God has shown us. But look here. Heather and I are just people walking in what we can and what we know. But there's been stuff in our life, even as believers, that we look back now and think, oh boy, we were whacked then. What are we doing? And so we acknowledge that. You know that's your best option, right? Because if you deny it, If you act like it didn't happen, your kids are going to look at you and go, "Mm mm-hmm, we all see it, hello. It would be better 
if you would just at least acknowledge it. That's how you begin to break cycles in generational patterns in your family. And Joshua is saying to the people, look, there are some things that went on back in Egypt when they lived there and all the gods were there and they chased the gods of gold and they chased the gods of pleasure and they bowed down to the idols of the day because that was where they lived. That was the time they were in. But you don't have to serve those gods. It's time to make a break with those. It's time to cut ties with those. It's time to move on from those and swear your allegiance fully to the Lord himself and walk in his ways. Amen? It gives me hope. It gives me encouragement. It gives me hope and encouragement for our kids as well. So Joshua tells them, make a break. Then he ends verse 14 with a simple phrase, a simple sentence. He says, serve the Lord. Serve him. Don't serve yourself. Don't serve your idols. Don't serve your pleasures. Don't serve what's comfortable to you. Don't Don't serve the God you have made up for yourself. Serve the Lord. Serve him fully. Serve him completely. Don't just serve him when you go to make some religious observance. In other words, don't just serve him on the Sunday morning. Serve him all week long. Amen? He's Lord of the all, not Lord of the Sunday, 9 o'clock. Hello? Serve the Lord. Serve him completely. Wrap your ways around his ways. Now, I know that even within Christianity today, sometimes this message does not get preached. Sometimes in churches, you get a very different message. You get a message that one either sounds like, let's all be religious here on Sunday morning, but don't let what's in here interact with what's out there. Church be silent to the culture. Let's do our church sing in here, but don't say anything out there. Church is separated from government and culture and entertainment and all that stuff. Wrong. That's a lie. Amen? Serve the Lord and serve him completely. Sometimes the church gets it wrong. There's even some teaching today. And I'm just going to go ahead and call some names this morning. I don't do that a lot, but I feel like I need to this morning. I was listening to a video. Heather pointed this out to me. From someone who is um, a recognized prophet in a very recognized ministry. His name is Chris Vallotton. The ministry is Bethel. And in their school of ministry and in their church, they teach a different version of the faith that you and I know and understand. In fact, This is a word-for-word quote. I'm not paraphrasing. I didn't just hear it, translate it, and tell you another version. I'm giving you word-for-word what he said as their number two man. He said, God doesn't just want us to dream his dreams. I believe he wants to fulfill our dreams. Part of his will is that he would do our will. Yeah, just process that. As much as I would want to see God's dreams come true, I think God wants to see our dreams come true. 
He trusts your desires and he wants those to be fulfilled. That's backwards, folks. That is not what Jesus said in the garden when he wrestled with his desire and his will. He had a will in that garden. And he said, after wrestling and wrestling, he said, not my will desires be done, but your will be done. Do you hear the difference? I'm sure you do. It's clear. You have to be careful today. You must be aware today. And we must make Jesus Lord of the all today. It's critical. It's always been critical. It was critical in the 80s. It was critical in the 90s. It was critical in the 2000s. It's just more critical today, it feels like. Amen? Because today is today. We're up in it. And it's not time for the church to try to hide and blend in and and camo itself in the culture. It's time for the church to step up and stand out, stand on the promises and believe what God said and do what he's called us to do, regardless of the sacrifice, regardless of the cost. Amen? And so Joshua, as he gets near the end of his speech, I believe he's a, a picture of a a great leader in the Bible, by the way. And Joshua knows that when it comes to leading people, you don't guilt them, shame them, manipulate them, coerce them, threaten them. That might happen in your place of employment, but that's not how God calls men to lead or women to lead. And so Joshua makes a very bold statement. He says, I know I can't force you to do anything, but let me tell you what I can do. And what he does is what you and I must do in this generation. Because although the left wants to use this principle today, we will not as the church. We are not here to threaten. We are not here to coerce. We are not here to control other people. We are here to proclaim the gospel and call people to life to make that choice to follow Jesus. Amen. Do you hear me? So here's what Joshua says. He says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Serving is an option and an action of your will. It's necessary. You say, well, how can there be our will and God's will? Because God made it that way. That's why. You can't have love without there being an act of my will. God can say, I own all things. And say, love the Lord with God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's an act of your will to choose to love him. He's not going to come in and force you to do that. He's not going to manipulate you to do that. He's not going to coerce you to do that. That's not how God operates. He calls sinners to himself. He calls people to himself. And Joshua said, if it seems evil for you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves. You choose. Make a decision. Because if you don't, staying in the middle will kill you. 
If you're trying to play both sides, if you're trying to blend in here and blend in there, if you're trying to do both, you'll get neither. And it's killing you. You can't put your head on your pillow at night with peace because you're trying to play both sides. You can't put your head down in peace because you won't make him fully Lord of all. You want to still control the matter. And Joshua says, you've got to decide. Love is an act of your will. Serving is an act of your will. Sacrifice is an act of your will. Obedience is an act of your will. Faith is an act of your will. And you've got to make a choice. You have to choose to change. You have to say, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm not going to walk in the sins of my past. I'm not going to walk it where my family has walked. I'm not going to do that anymore. I will walk in allegiance to Jesus alone. That's what brings change. And so Joshua says, whether it be the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. As for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is a powerful leadership principle. You don't have to control, manipulate, coerce, threaten. Just take a stand for yourself. Choose with your will to serve the Lord. You choose. And Joshua did. And he said, I'm going to give you the freedom to do what you want. You can choose. But I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. I'm just telling you where I'm going to stand. So this morning, I want to do this. As the pastor of this church, I want to tell you some places that we stand. Amen? Amen. So, though there are those today who would attempt to dismiss the Bible as the authority of life and the Word of God, as for me and this house, we stand on the Bible as God's final and complete Word from heaven. It is our standard, our guide, our foundation upon which we build our lives. It needs no other addition. It needs no further description. It does not need our interpretation. It is not outdated. It is not irrelevant. It stands as the authority for life. And this is where we stand. Amen? Though there are those today who dismiss God's calling for the church to speak into the culture and believe that the church should be separate from life, government, and culture. As for me and this house, we believe we are called to be salt and light, the pillar and the ground of truth, ambassadors for reconciliation. We will not hide our light that has been given to us. We will put it on a lampstand for all to see. We will speak truth even when it's uncomfortable. We will proclaim the gospel even when it's not popular. We will seek to set the captives free. We will go into all the world and we will make disciples. We are called to gather that in all things he might have the preeminence and be the head of the church. 
We will keep our doors open. We will keep our ministry active. We will let our faith be bold. And we will teach God's word as the way to life. Though there are those today who would dismiss, God, dismiss God's design for marriage and gender and believe that such sins should be accepted, tolerated, and celebrated. As for me and this house, we believe God has designed two genders and one marriage. God has designed them to show the power of the gospel. And whatever other desires or urges exist, are not from God and can be healed by the power of God. Though there are those today who would deny the power of the Holy Spirit and distort the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, as for me and this house, we believe that the greatest indicator of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit is a life that walks in righteousness on Monday in the same way it walks on a Sunday. We believe that no Sunday experience should be filled with a lack of, or with a loss of control, but with a surrender to the full control of Jesus. We believe that a life that is driven by the Holy Spirit is filled with instant obedience to do exactly what he calls us to do. And though there are those today who would say that the days are too dark, too far gone, too evil, unredeemable, that their lives, their marriages, their friends, and this world cannot change. As for me and this house, we believe in the power of God to redeem that which has been lost, to restore the years that the locusts have destroyed, to bring beauty where there has only been destruction and ashes, to free the captives who are held by sin, to restore sight to those who are spiritually blind, to see righteousness return to the cities of our nation, and to see the knees of every person fall down before him and recognize him as Lord. And though there would be those today who would say that your faith should be silent, that you should not offend, that the greatest commandment is to just be nice, to not stand out, that you should go with the flow. As for me and this house, we will practice continual obedience to God. We will not be silent. We will not live in fear. We will sacrifice. We will surrender. And we will keep ourselves pure to walk in every prompting, obey every scripture, and recognize Jesus as Lord of our all. Amen? Amen. This is where this house stands. I'm grateful for the house that God is building here. Because when he builds a house, he has a purpose for it. It's intended for that house to shine, to shout a message, and to welcome others in who are hurting. And that's what Jesus is doing. He is building his church. Amen? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But it is incumbent upon us in this day to make the decision to say, I am making the decision to make Jesus Lord of every part of my life. Do you want to make that decision today? You want to live in that? Amen. We do. We do. 
We do. Would you stand with me as we make that proclamation to the Lord? As we confirm to heaven what he has put in our hearts already. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that while we were still in our sin, while we were still in our darkness, you sent your son to die for us. You made a way that there might be peace. You made a way that we might know hope. You made a way so that we could be free. And I thank you for each person in this room who has made that choice to follow you. Where there is faith, there is the blessing of heaven. I thank you for that. Father, I'd ask today, as you're calling us to new levels of obedience, to new places of surrender, new areas of this promised land of ours that is in Christ, that we too would say with Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Father. I thank you for our church. I thank you for what you're building here. I thank you for every person and every marriage and every family and every individual and the work that you're doing. We draw even closer with our hearts this morning to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And it's in the name, name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.